This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
What? Yeah. No, I'm... Yeah, I'm behaving myself. I'm, no, I'm not playing in abandoned buildings. What? Again? Now. I suppose you had those people follow me again. Fine. Hey, this is Jimmy Farrow from Monty and the Farrow, and I want to thank all our subscribers. We have now passed 14,000 on our YouTube channel, but I want to ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Farrow. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts. There's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Later. Welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty DeFaro, filmed out of Indie Music TV here out of Ron Kakama, Long Island. At the board, week three. <laughs> he's gonna week be, three. He's gonna are you, week are you saying I'm weak? <laughs> no, he's saying, what's up, newbie? Newbie. But I'm saying it's week three. <laughs> week you're, three. You're, you're, you're getting better every week. It's yes. getting better every day. Like that Chicago song, right? Every day. In every way, mm. I'm getting better and better. Like the Chicago song? Yeah. Feeling stronger every day? They don't yeah. say feeling better. Feeling better. This Farrow's got to correct me on my title of song. Feeling stronger. Unbelievable. Well, the the Beatles said it, it's getting better all the time. That's a different story. Are you done? No. And I don't know if Jeff is. He's reaching for a microphone. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Dunn was the high school principal, don't you remember? With that junior high. Do you think the fans miss <laughs> Matty Ice? Um, I don't know what they're seeing. It all depends on what they're seeing. Our television is out. We can't even see what our fans are seeing. Right, the feedback is, yes, we miss Matty. Uh, sorry. Oh, this that's, is, that's this sad. Is really Too bad. <laughs> anyway, Fugitive wanted for raping twin Am four-year... Are you paying attention? Yeah, there's a fugitive. What did he do? He raped... Two four-year-old girls. Dude, why do you tell me the shit? Nabbed I mean, hours after assaulting oh, cops trying to arrest him in NYC. Just going to turn the script. The two injured down. officers who were part of the regional fugitive task force were treated for minor injuries after their clash with Isaiah Metz. Isaiah Metz. Like the New York Metz with, with a, Z. a Z. With a Z. Thank you. Yeah. Then went back to work. They helped arrest the 22-year-old suspect at a homeless shelter in Yonkers just... 11 p.m. on Tuesday. Metz is accused of raping twin four-year-old girls in Goldboro, Pennsylvania, on March 30th, according to documents. Thoughts on Mr. Metz? Why do you do this to me? Every week, you come up with a scumbag from hell. I think the world should know about scumbags. This is a scumbag from hell. 
I mean, what do I think they should do to him? You know how I feel about these sorts of things. Live castration on pay-per-view. Fair? I think our, our esteemed guest, who the fans will see shortly, uh, agrees. That's fair. I just want to... Who does this? They're four-year-old twins. Well, that's, what the... that's, that's my point. Like, who on, would man. do that? This like, what sick. are you thinking about? What is he thinking about? I don't know what he's thinking about. He's right, insane. Let, let's lighten up the mood. The lighten mood. Lighten the up the mood, right? Okay, fine. Man stacks seven M&Ms of a tower for Guinness Book World Record. What, wait, now, I don't understand. Seven M&Ms? Yeah, he stacked them. What do you mean? Like the candy? Yeah, round candy, seven of them. He put one on top of another, and he was able to get it to seven without falling? And he broke a Guinness Book of World's Record. Wow. That's so a... you don't want to talk about rapists? We'll talk about M&M's. I bet you I could stack Reese's Pieces like nobody's business. Not for a record, but anyway. Yeah, probably not. Let's give this, this guy credit. This is the credit. stupidest thing I ever heard of. Let's give him credit. What is this? Ibram Sadiq. I don't even know if I can say it. 29. Ibrahim Sadiq? Which oh. became unusual competitive Guinness Book of World Record category. <laughs> So he's the M&M staff. He's in the unusually competitive Guinness category. You think that guy goes to bed at night and goes, now I could die? So wait a second. Because I have the record you know, of stacking M&Ms. Hey, who's better than him? But on top of it, though, does that mean like... <laughs> who's better than him? Just better than him. <laughs> Most likely. An unusually competitive category. Does that mean like the guy who can rip off 47 consecutive farts is in this... Like, is he in this category? Is that a record? <laughs> Seriously. I'm going to ask our guest after commercial break if that yeah, is 47? Well, he, 47 he farts. remembers Andre. There's a good chance that 47 might be a very small number. So 47 farts is a lot of farts. <laughs> that's, a lot of, that's a lot of White Castle. <laughs> to the right is the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Yeah. Jimmy, oh. how are you? Uh, We'd uh, like to thank the band. <laughs> We'd like to how thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty to Farrow. Our own Jimmy Farrow, along with his partner, Bark Riggs, make up the band with Stereo Hall. Stereo Hall sings such great songs as In My Dreams. In My... This life, not far behind. Here comes the rain. You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page. Hit that like and subscribe. Here yeah. on Spotify, like. our Apple Music, subscribe. and Reverb Nation, or where music is sold. If you didn't know it, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro. Catch Monty Nefaro on the YouTube page, Facebook Ooh. Live page. Mm-hmm. Here's on iHeart Radio, Radio, Spotify, Anchor. And catch us on the Twitch TV Monty Nefaro page. And catch us on Channel 115 if you live in New York every Tuesday at 9.30 or Saturday at 11.30 where we go to head-to-head with a Saturday Night Live. And Channel 20 on Tuesdays at 1 a.m. Where over how many people are watching us weekly? Over 102,000. Man, 102. Not bad. Nice job. Yeah, six figures. And we want to thank Amazon Music for putting on Long Island's number one pro wrestle broadcast. And we'll be back because we know the fans are excited. Along with our special guest, who I'm not going to tell you who it is. And neither am I. Good. See you in a sec. That's right, folks. Canine Corral. For all your dog daycare and overnight care, call 631-549-1544. That's 631-549-1544. Elm Logistics. For all your logistic needs, call 631-299-3595. That's 631-299-3595. Elm Global Logistics. Pride Performance and partnerships. Jeff Quest Graphics Design, custom vinyl lettering, and all your art and video needs. 516 317 8204. That's for Jeff Quest Graphic Design.
All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestle <laughs> broadcast, where we have our special guest, our honor, Mr. Tito Santana in studio. Arriba! There we go. Oh, I love that. And for the fans, uh, we were supposed to have Greg along with Tito in studio. Greg the Hammer Valentine? Greg the Hammer Valentine, yeah. but unfortunately, Mr. Valentine's spouse yes. came down ill yes. the day of the event. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, we just have Tito. Which is fine with me. We've got one of the greatest intercontinental champions. Uh, is that is this the belt? This is the belt. Ever. Ever. Tito once told me a story, right? Can you tell that story about the original intercontinental belt that you trashed in your piece? <laughs> you did what? <laughs> it's, it's, it, you know, to me, this was the most celebrated belt, the IC belt, uh, the original from the beginning. And I defeated Greg the Hammer Valentine in a cage match, and then Valentine beat up the belt, bent it, kind of tore it apart. It was barely hanging together with the leather, the, the metal. I won the belt, so I kept it. And they ordered another belt, and I just have, I have a gym in my basement, and I threw the belt, you know, on, on the gym floor. And it was in the same spot for about 10 years. <laughs> and I finally, I would say, that's junk, that's junk. I finally threw it away in the garbage. <laughs> if I could kick myself in the butt, I would, but I can't. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You told me that story, and I found out where you lived. I went in your garbage, and look what I found. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a yoke. What are you thinking? <laughs> What are you thinking? This is the belt. How much? How much oh do you God. think? Just let's play hypotheticals. If you would have kept that belt oh, no. in today's go. market, what you could have sold that belt for? I I would say a minimum of fifty thousand dollars. Minimum, oh, yeah. without a doubt. God. Could... And your cat Muffy used to piddle on it in the basement. I mean, what are we talking here? Uh, well, no, no, because we didn't have any pets, <laughs> uh, so it was just me and me and my gym and. Uh, <laughs> And, and I just got tired of looking at it and, you know. Stupid uh, old belt. Oh, my God. But no, who, who was collecting uh, wrestling stuff right. back then? Right. You know, nobody nobody right. was collecting. But it took the route of a classic comic book and went right in the garbage. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Thank God he didn't have the first Superman. <laughs> yeah, what is this crap? Throw this out. He's close, though. He's got the Intercontinental title. In all seriousness. I gotta be honest with you. This was the coolest belt ever. Yeah, man. it was the coolest. That was belt. so yeah. cool. That belt. Yeah. Like, who made the decision? Like, oh, we need a new belt. This thing's no good anymore. Well, the the, the decision was made by Greg Valentine that he, he oh he legitimately just decided he wanted to destroy it one no, day. No, no, he just yeah he destroyed it on his yeah. own. No, nobody told him to destroy it. He destroyed. You know, <laughs> he just destroyed it. Uh, Valentine's not all there, you know, even now. Wow. So he, he just... Uh, was, he did a shoot on the belt? He was he did a shoot. He was upset because he, he lost the belt. You know, I don't think he wanted to lose the belt, and he lost it. And he, you know, this, you know that's what he wanted to hand, hand over to me, you know, and that piece of garbage. And uh, they made a beautiful belt, but it never compared to, to this belt. So you like, hey, Greg, like in the locker room, like, oh, man, what are you doing? You just destroyed this. This is the best belt ever. Well, and, you know... Greg says he kicks himself in the ass because he he didn't keep the belt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The old champion could have kept like if they wanted to replace it, they gave it to Greg and right. that dude would have been cruising around with the green belt making lots yeah. of money. Yeah, he would <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So deep down, what'd you think of the new design? It was like, ah, this thing's a piece of crap or did <laughs> or were you like, you know Well no Maybe it, eventually I'll get the belt in my basement fixed or at the moment at the moment, uh to be honest with you, 
that was a heavy belt. You could okay. feel the weight on it, and it, it felt like a real belt. Okay. And the new belt had a different weight to it. You know, mm. it, it just uh, it, it didn't seem like it was real compared to that one. Fans are saying you look like you could wrestle today. Well, I think I'm going to wrestle Saturday. Here so, I, are I, you I, kidding? I haven't wrestled in, in uh, about two and a half years, but uh, I'm going to strip the boots on uh, one more time and really? you know see what happens. I don't know. I, I, see I stay, what I, happens. I, Wait a I, minute. I stay in pretty good shape. I, I work okay. out. I, uh, I I do my cardio and I, I lift uh, pretty regular. Uh, but I haven't been in the ring, so I, I don't know uh, how the body's going to hold up. But uh, I'm, the I'm, fans want to see me, and I'm going to I'm going to give it a shot. I think uh, you're going to do pretty well, actually. Thank you. So, first question, Greg was supposed to be here. This was one of our questions, so you're just going to have to answer it. Who was the better Intercontinental Champion? Ooh, Tito or Greg? Yeah. Wow. Without a doubt. Tito Santana. <laughs> there we go. Wow. Oh, he didn't even have and Tito. Tito puts himself over. <laughs> he should. <laughs> he should. He was more athletic than Greg. Wow. He was. He was, he was more exciting. He the was... man knows how to wrestle. Right. Still. Great matchup, though, and, right? And, as far and, and, as... Uh... What's, what do you call it? Wrestling, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Greg, Greg was a fighter. You know, Greg was a, like a pit bull. He was a... You know, I'm not taking anything away from the guy. He was a fighter. He, he would keep coming at you, you know, and, and if you didn't fight back, he'd eat you up. Is he like the perfect opponent for you in some ways because he's the opposite of you, your style? Uh, I think he, he was, you know, but uh, I would get home at you know at nights, uh, and I would tell my wife uh, I've had easier street fights than, than you know matches with, right. with Greg the Hammer Valentine. Right. I mean, we were bruised up, you know. We and he'll tell you himself. I mean, we used to beat the crap out of each other in the ring, you know, and that's why the fans really bought into our, our uh, feud that we had. Uh, we had the longest feud in the history of the WWF at the time. But it's because the the fans, you know, uh, I had surgery on my knee. It was it was uh, taped. It was shown to the fans, and uh, then the the matches that followed, you know, uh, the fans bought into the whole thing, and and we used to give them a show and beat the crap out of each other, and they want they never they wouldn't get enough. They wanted to see, you know, what what was next. What was next? Would you consider that one of the top ten rivalries in the history of wrestling? Forget about the WWE history of wrestling. Uh, I would say it's one of the top ten. You know, uh, uh, I, I I was a wrestling fan uh, when I became a wrestler. Before I wasn't a wrestling fan, and and I saw a lot of great matches, a lot of great feuds. You know, uh, Wahoo McDaniel had some great food, feuds. Uh, Chief Jake Strongbow had some great feuds. Uh, there was a lot of great fruit, feuds in professional wrestling, but uh, I, I I would put. Our, our feud on, on top of uh, many others. Would you say that um, Greg was the perfect opponent at the perfect time, all things considering? And whose idea was it to book you two together in the first place? Was it Vince? Uh, well, uh, I guess everybody knows the, a lot of our business has been exposed the person who really messed up my knee was uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff Ooh. Uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania. And the next day, 
we were going to have a taping in Brentford, Ontario, and my knee popped, and Andre the Giant helped me get to my room uh, because I couldn't walk uh, on both legs, and I walked in, into the meeting room in Brentford, Ontario the next day uh, w with crutches, and I, I told Vince, uh, I can't go. Uh, and I said, but if you want to do some kind of an angle, I can tape my knee up pretty good. And I, I said, uh, I'd like to get something out of this injury. And that's when they, they knew that I was going to need a surgery. And they didn't trust Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff because uh, he he would lose it and he would tell everybody off. And, you know, uh, you know, he, he was a different different so, level. But let me ask you on a personal basis, right? You're injured, you're like, hey, I, we'll do this gimmick where I lose. And like you said, they didn't want to go with Orndorff. But in your mind, were you thinking, man, Orndorff is really hot right now in the in the territory. I want to work with him. I can make a lot of cash feuding with Orndorff. Oh, yeah. I would have loved to have done a, 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 some kind of a feud with, with Paul Orndorff because we had matches – without us having a feud and he got so much heat in the match that a lot of that, that was the only time the only opponent I ever had where fans jumped into the ring wow. and jumped uh, on Paul's back to help me out as he was getting heat on me <sighs> and as I was selling so it, it was it, it was a natural you know a natural uh, Thing you know, we 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 res resembled it. You know, we were both we both looked like athletes. Uh, we used to go in there and just uh, you know, it was a my match with Mr. Wonderful was 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 a different type of match than I had with uh, with Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, with Mr. Wonderful, it was a I would say 50-50, 50 wrestling and then uh, a fight in the ring, and uh, with Valentine, I would say. 80% fight and 20% uh, wrestling. You know, it, it was a different style. And, and, and uh, uh, I, I think at the time, the fans enjoyed the wrestling the most. But Valentine and I really clicked together. And, and, and we just, uh, and Greg will tell you, we, we, you know, we didn't go in. A lot of people would talk in the ring. Me, me and Greg would just go in there and we just... Uh, we just went at it, you know. We we didn't have to talk. We just uh, we just entertained. Back then, they used to tell you, you, you learn. Mr. Fuji would tell me, you learn timing and you listen to the people. The people will tell you what to do. And when I first started, I said, "What the hell is he talking about?" Mm. And when you become a, a pro and and you become primed, you do get the ear, and 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 the people will kind of guide you guide you through the match if if you're smart enough to hear them. Do you think there's less and less of that nowadays, and it's more pre-planned choreograph? You know, I mean, I, I, I don't watch. Okay. Uh, the WWE. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, not that I don't. I don't even know what channel, what time, when they come on. I just, I just know that the talent. Uh, they have never had the chance. I, when I first started wrestling, I remember even Greg Gagne told me he says. You should you sh you shouldn't throw a punch until you uh, until you've been in the business like five years, you know because if you don't throw a good punch, you know it, it's people can can tell, 
and I got to where I could throw a pretty good punch. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I can throw a, a punch with my right to the nose, a punch with my right to the nose, to the teeth, uh, without worrying. Uh, and there's nobody that, that that's teaching them, you know. Uh, I was in I was in a in a battle royal, and Harley Race was there, and he grabbed me and he turned me around. He says, "Come here, kid." He says, "You're gonna have to. You're gonna learn how to throw a punch uh, today." So he he turned me around and put himself in the corner. And he says, "Okay, hit me in the head." So I, I was scared to death to hit Harley Race. Sure, you know, because he was a killer. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, can you swear a little bit here? Yes, you sure can. So I, I threw the punch at him, and he says, "Lay it in, you pussy." <laughs> and, 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 and the art to me of, of throwing a good punch without uh, it's the it's the it's, it's the fact that uh, you you lose the fear of, of hurting somebody, mm-hmm. and, and you feel the confidence. Okay, I'm going to throw the punch, and I don't have to worry if I if I hit him too hard, but. It was a process of learning how to throw a punch. You start in the stomach, and then you start here in the neck, and then you work to the forehead, and then when you get to throw a punch to the to the nose and to the mouth, uh, and there's not too many wrestlers who can do that without mm. you know without really hurting somebody. Uh, and, and Harley was one. And Ric Flair was one. Uh, I I I was one. You know and. I had a lot of people that have told me that uh, I I threw the best punch, but there was a there was a, I would say a dozen guys that 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 were as good or better than me. You know, I'm not going to say that I was the best, but I was uh, very comfortable throwing a punch anywhere in the body. Greg Valentine did not have soft hands. Is that safe to say? So Greg Valentine <laughs> would uh, would lay him in. I mean, yeah, he'd, I bet he'd hurt you. <laughs> I hit, bet. hit potato you, but but one thing about Greg, you know, we used to say, uh, uh, you get a receipt, you know, he'd hit you hard and you could hit him as hard as you want, you know, he never complained either. How was the pay, if I can ask, for you know you and Valentine working together? Were you uh, headlining B shows? I mean, how did they, how did they, you know, fit you in on the card, and 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 how well were you guys compensated during that legendary feud, if I can ask? Well. Uh, me and Valentine were the first feud that were selling out Madison Square Garden, well, there you go, Baltimore, right there. Washington, without Hulk Hogan. That's being an A show. A, he's, he's, he's selling out the Garden. That ain't no B right. show, right? You know, we we, right. we were we were we were setting records ourselves. Uh, Detroit. We we brought Detroit from twenty thousand dollars to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow. You used Whoa. to pay, you used to pay uh, uh, like right. five dollars to get in, you know. So Man. you'd have uh, twenty thousand dollars in Detroit, you know. We we built up uh, Florida. I mean, I think we had like six return matches. You know, uh, strep, uh, 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 leather strep matches, uh, uh, fit, uh, tape fist matches, uh, lumberjack matches. Uh, we had one hour matches. We wrestled for an hour. We went in uh, Madison Square Garden. We had a, a no time limit because uh, we went over the curfew. So they had to close down. The garden couldn't stay open after 11 o'clock. So mm-hmm. uh, they had to stop the match because we, we hit the curfew. So we went and no, the next match was a, they had to pay extra. No curfew match. I mean, we had, uh, and we were many events. We were making good money, not anywhere near what the guys are making now. Oh, right. But at the time, it was pretty good money. 
So how come they chose, being that that feud was so hot, WrestleMania comes along and they decide to put Junkyard Dog against Valentine and kind of have you do the run-in? I know you opened up and you were the, you were the guy that started the show. Right. How come they didn't decide to put that Intercontinental match together instead? Well, I, I was pretty upset about that. Uh, but the card was so loaded. And at the time, there was only two or three pay-per-views at the time. So our match was so hot, they wanted to carry the match every week on the towns across the country. So if we would have had... Because uh, we... We'd have the same match in Miami, the same match in Detroit, the same match in L.A., the same match, you know, everywhere for about two months. And then we come back with the returns. So they would have wasted a whole, uh, a whole loop of, uh, of uh, matches if they would have put one of the matches in, in, in the pay-per-views. And I think maybe, I don't know, you know, Vince thinking and Pat Patterson and uh, whoever else was there making the decisions... Uh, I, 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 I don't really know the reason, to be honest with you. I, I wasn't in with the office well, that much. In hindsight, then, the way you explain it, it probably makes more sense because you probably made more money then. I, I mean, yeah. you could have got a really big payday in WrestleMania 1, but you were still touring with Valentine for another six months after that. Maybe, right. I'm not sure, the months. but No, we were probably... Th- we were probably uh, our feud went for about a year and a half. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, the payoffs... The only guy, the only person making big payouts back then was uh, Hulk. You know, the rest of us weren't. You know, uh, you know, Hulk wrestled. Uh, I think it was Bundy in in, in uh, WrestleMania. Uh, or who yeah, this? WrestleMania two was WrestleMania two, mm-hmm. the main event, and right, and didn't make anywhere near the same amount of money that Hulk was making. You know, Hulk. Hulk, you got to give Hulk credit. You know, Hulk was a good businessman, and uh, he figured out how to deal with Vince, and he recognized his uh, his value in the company, and you know, he he did it. You know, he did it his way. <laughs> Hogan, a cool guy in your book. You get along with Hogan back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, I mean, Hogan was uh, to me. You know, we started in the same uh, same era. He was I just remember. a little bit behind me. Uh, uh, you fought him at the garden when he was with Blassie. Right. For God's sakes. Yeah. I remember these things, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And we used to talk and we used to help each other. And uh, But I, I don't know if I told you the story. Uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone sent, I think, three or four of the wrestlers, uh, Gorilla Monsoon, I think Dino Bravo, Hulk, and uh, maybe even Mr. Wonderful, a letter for uh, the movie that Hulk was in, and Hulk was the only one that answered it. Nobody else answered it. Oh, wow. So yeah. Stallone had invited others to possibly yeah. try out, and they right. blew him off? Yeah. Why would they do that? Rocky, the franchise is already two films in it. It's a blockbuster. Right. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Well, That's strange. Hulk was the only... Yeah, well, it got, but it ended up getting Hulk fired from the WWF, right? Because Vince Sr. didn't right. want him going Senior, into that movie, right? Sr. Yep. was against that. And you guys didn't know, you know... You we, flew to, did. we flew to Japan together, Hulk and I, and he was telling me, he says, uh, you know, Vince wants me to dye my hair red. And and uh, this is, I, I don't know if Vince knew, Vince, I'm talking about Vince Senior. Senior, yeah. I don't know if, uh, if uh, Hulk 
had discussed this with Vince or, 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 or what, but he says, I don't think I'm going to do it. That would have been terrible. Yeah. <sighs> he says, I don't think I'm going to do it. And then, you know, he gives his notice, goes and does the, the, the movie, and then he comes to, to Vern. Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. And they try, to, they try to push him as a heel, and they gave him Johnny Valiant uh, as his manager. Man. And they were giving him uh, going up against uh, two baby faces in, 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 when they brought him in on TV. And they, they tried hard to, to turn him into a heel, but the fans started, he looked so good. The, the fans game. were having none of it. And, and the fans just kept cheering him and cheering him. They sent <laughs> Johnny home and uh, they didn't, you know, they. They turned him babyface because he, you know, and, and and all of a sudden, poor Johnny Valiant. Then he had to become a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> he was a comedian. Oh yeah, that career ended. Yeah, he oh, a comedian. Okay. God, bless, God bless him. Tito. Yeah, yeah. Why is you're one of the all-time greats, right? You're one of the great technicians, right? You're just an all-time great pro wrestler. You're a wrestler's wrestler. Why does it? Why does it, someone like you all of a sudden, when you leave wrestling, you just don't like it anymore and you just stop watching? What? What? Why does that happen? Uh, it, it, it's it, it's not that it's not that I don't like it anymore. Is that uh, I'm I'm a school teacher. I, I I really enjoy what I'm doing now. I, I was a professional uh, football player, you know, never made it big, 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 big. But I, I, I wore the the Kansas City uniform for a little while. Nice. And you still watch football, I'm uh, assuming, right? I, I love football. Still I love, love football. Baseball. I love all, all the, you know, I grew up loving sports. I didn't grow up with wrestling because, you know, in South Texas, it, it would come on at 11. So I wasn't a wrestling fan. So... But you're a wrestler, one of the greatest wrestlers ever. I, when did this start to happen that you stopped watching? Let's get to the bottom of this. Seriously. Well, I, I, I think the fact, the fact that it, it was such a grinding job mm -hmm. of being on the road so many days a year, okay. affecting the, you know, your family. You miss birthdays. You miss the anniversaries. You miss uh, all, all holidays because we were entertaining people. It, and I don't know that I had, because I'm not bitter towards Vince. Or, right. Or, Did you, you know, just suffer burnout after all the years of being a wrestler? I, I, so I, it was I, like, I don't even want to watch it. Was I, it something yeah. like that? But, but Here's my question. I was thinking about this, right? You're in that documentary, what, 350 Days, I think, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Look, I know you're married, you got children, I get the whole thing. But, like, when I, when I think about it, I go, I don't know. What's so bad? I'm on the road. I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm drinking. Like, I was thinking to myself, and... Say to me, Monty, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. All I'm saying <laughs> Please. is you're the great Tito Santana. Yeah. I'm pretty sure every town you went into, you probably had to pay for your hotel room. But I bet if you went into restaurants, people were buying you your dinners, buying you your drinks. I mean, just to get near you. I mean, I don't know. What's so bad about Was that going on? That's cool. Around, you like know? A, that sounds like a rock star, but that's what wrestlers sometimes are. That was happening, and, 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 it, and it's what that's what happened to a lot of my friends, you know, that they mm. got involved and uh, drugs started coming around. And, you know, right. I, me coming from migrant workers and not having a lot of money, you know, I, 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 just, I just couldn't see spending money on drugs and partying and, uh, you know, 
and, and, and I wasn't taking uppers and downers and this and that to, 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 to keep you up in the ring. So I, I needed to get as much rest as I can. So I, I wasn't staying up, partying, you know, uh, every night. Like, uh, it, it could have been. It could have right. been a party seven days a week. So you're this family man kind of missing his family, and you're not doing the party, and so you, it kind of sucks. I get it. Yeah, it, 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 uh, it yeah, I, 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 I would miss, I would miss my family, you know, I, I, we were, we were poor, but we were a close, tight family, and, uh, I, I, w I wasn't having that, in, you know, in the business, I was making pretty good money, uh, but being on the road, I remember me and Rick one time uh, we were in Michigan, uh, and and we came back. We, we stayed by the airport in Detroit, uh, New Year's Eve, and right at twelve o'clock, uh, we both looked at each other and we used to wear our white trunks and we were cleaning our white trunks because the white trunks and the white knee pads you had to wash them every night. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd be real hard to to, to get rid of the dirt. Uh, and we say, oh, look at the superstars washing our our our, uh, our, our trunks and, and and our knee pads on New Year's Eve. You know, those were tough. You know, you know it was tough being away from home from your from your family. For a single guy, it was great. Right. It's a great business for a single guy, but uh, once you start having a family and so can I you, can I ask you about your wife? Can you tell us a little bit? Because it it must take a special woman to be with someone that they don't see all the time. Can you share with the fans, like, what your wife means to you and what type of person she is? Well, it's, uh, I appreciate her a lot more as the years go by. Sure. And I, my son has a little baby right now, and I'm around, and I'm, a, I'm around watching the baby grow up. And we babysit the baby. She's she's like uh, a year and a half, and we've been babysitting her for, you know, since she was a, a little bitty baby. And, and I I see what my daughter-in-law went through to give birth, and you know, the last few days, and uh, early in in the way she's uh, watching my 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 son and and her and and, and the baby. And seeing everything that I missed, you know, it, it sucks. Yeah. You know, it. it uh, I missed a lot, and and I and I, I now I know how much work. Like my wife didn't have me to help her; she has my son because my my son's always at home, and you know, and 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 they're always complaining about they need a break, they need help, they need this. Well. My wife did it on her own. It's not one time did she complain, and I, you know, that's why I, I said I, I appreciate her more because she was taking care of the family, and she knew that I was on the road bringing in the bacon, and uh, that was tough. But yeah. to your credit, you weren't out getting blasted. You were working and wishing you were home. Right. Wow. And that'd be tough too, right? Good-looking guy, you're doing all this traveling. Mm -hmm. You get the phone calls like, "You better behave," you know that type of type of stuff. She never once, she never, never once. once. Yeah, she doesn't ne sound that way. Never once questioned. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's you know, cool. 
That is cool. She, you hit the jackpot there, big guy. <laughs> you really you did. did. Hit the jackpot. Congratulations. <laughs> you hit the jackpot. And, and, uh, and that's why I'm telling you that uh, more and more I appreciate her more and more, you know, for who she was and and what knowing what she went through, you know, without me being there. T Tito Santana, like 1980 through, I don't know, let's say like 92, 93, 94, how often was Tito Santana able to go home? Well, uh, that tape that you were looking at, uh, 350 days a year, we were wrestling 350 days a year. Uh, I was living in, in New Jersey, and I had like a 350-mile radius. If I wrestled in Boston, I would... Drive to Boston, drive home after the matches, Baltimore, Washington, uh, uh, all over uh, Buffalo. I, I drive home from Buffalo 360 miles mm. just so I could sleep at home and wake up in the morning and see, you know, see my kids and my, excuse me, my wife. Mm -hmm. So whenever I flew, uh, I was away, but it was only short, short little visits, you know, right. get home at two in the morning, get up. Uh, after I still worked out. And so I was, wasn't doing very much with my family, you know, was, right. Cause you had to keep yourself in shape. Right. right. So maybe it was even a little better when it was regional, when the WWF was regional and you were up right. here, it was like, Oh, this is much yeah. better. Right. Cause you, but once they went worldwide, then it right. became crazy. Right. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. You know, you mentioned Rick Martel. Can you tell us some stories about your relationship with Rick Martel, what kind of person he is? Uh, Rick, Rick, to me, Rick was a man's man. You know, he, he, like the rest of us back then, we, uh, we were all professional wrestlers, and we all went into the ring with the idea of, you know, I'm going to go in there to try to steal the show. And a lot of times, if they would put me in a good spot, I would make it difficult for the main event to follow my match. <clears throat> that was my goal. Rick was the same way, but everybody else was the same way. And everybody else could do, you know, if you, if you got put in a good spot, everybody, you know, we had so many good workers that you, you, you could make it harder and harder for the next guy to, to follow you, you know, because... Uh, we already knew. We all knew how to control the fans. We all knew how to, you know, bring up the emotions of the fans, you know, up and down. Uh, but he, Rick was the same way. You know, uh, we all got married about the same time. Hulk, me, Rick, and uh, Rick was also, you know, uh, cared about his his family. Also, you know, he was he was a guy that kept to himself pretty much. By the way, Tom Hood says Tito Santana versus Rick Martel, Saturday night's main event, 1989, was one of the best matches, Saturday night's main event, Lumberjack match. Do you remember that match? Nope. <laughs> 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 no, but I do remember having some great matches with Rick. You know? One of the Lumberjacks got so him. Let me ask you then, when Savage <laughs> comes aboard, oh. does he kind of change the industry a little bit because of the his scripting things? Because... Again, I could be wrong, but the, the times you've been in, we've had discussions. It seems like you weren't the biggest fan of Savage. And I could be wrong. I'm wrong about 90% of the things I say, but <laughs> that's, that's the feeling I got. 
No, uh, uh, Randy came in to me as as a as, as a as an opener, and I came in the same way because I learned how to work. In my opinion, when I when I started work, uh, when I did my first angle with Don Morocco, so I learned from a pro, and Randy was put into, you know, his father owned the Kentucky Territory, I think, so he he was always in charge, did what he wanted to do, but I don't think he was used to working with top guys day in and day out. So when he came in here, uh, he came in, like I wrestled with Randy early uh, when he first came in, and I remember in Detroit, uh, the first time that I wrestled with him, I let him call the whole match. We hardly ever got, we hardly got a, any kind of a response from the fans. And I said, Randy, I said, you're calling high spots. To me, that's the first and second bout. That's what they go out there and, and you know call spots. I said, this territory, they want to see a little bit of wrestling and they want to see a fight. You know, this New York, New York fans are a different breed. They're used to Bruno San Martino. They're used to the, you know, the big guys that used to kick butt in the ring. And I said, so it, it's a different style. Uh, and then, you know, he would come up with with a, with a three pages of notes of how he wanted to have the match. Well, that's not the way, you know, a good worker would do it. A good worker would go. They'd give us the finish, and we had lived the rest of the match. Why did you let? Why did you let him call the spots? Usually, it's the other way around, where the veteran goes, "Hey, follow my lead." No, did he ask you first, or was my neck is killing me? Uh, got any other? He's, he's, maybe I have to turn this way. Happy to catch. Uh, <laughs> the heel always calls the spots. Calls, calls the match. Okay. And it, it's like uh, if you're dancing, right? The male leads the dance, and the woman follows. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could say that the heel was the male, and the, and, and the mm-hmm. baby face would just follow. You know, and and uh, he was a heel. Right. So. What, even what, if he, even if he what, was greener, that's and even what, if what I'm getting at. Step, that is right, what yeah. I'm getting at because I know that on an independent card, if uh, John Sh- John Schmageggy is going to wrestle a legend, I don't think he's calling it if he's the heel. Right. So I'm I'm just curious as you were in the what year was this? Please, the first time you got in the ring with Randy in the WWF. Well, but but you got to remember this, Randy had been in the business longer. Of than course, I okay, okay, you know, okay. He, he, he I'm looking at WWF. You know, uh, right? No, he uh, Randy and I. We we were together in in Georgia in 1977. Oh wow! Okay. And, and he had been in the business already nice. a couple of years. Nice. So you and know, he has a strong personality too. I would assume so. Right. Yeah. Right. So right. Uh, uh, he, I, the baby face always mm-hmm. let the heel. Gotcha. When I got you, you're right. When, when I got more mature, like you know, the in the eight when in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. That that uh, the other wrestlers knew that I was already, oh, you yeah. know, primed, well rounded, and, and, and right. And, and so they, I had I had no problem in interfering and says no 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 we're going the wrong way this is not the way we're going to go and I you know, I could leap. I mean, they put me in with the warlord, the warrior, uh, the, the warrior. Those guys, I would leap the match. Right. You know, the warlord was so green. Right. They wanted me to help him out. Right. So what I would do with the warlord, I'd call a spot, and I'd have him call it back because he he was afraid to talk in the ring. So 
that's how I trained him because you know, and, and then he, you know, he started getting better, and and uh, the uh, the warlord's partner, the barbarian, Bar right. the powers of pain. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I ever told you this, but the barbarian was pretty pretty green too, and uh, we, we were in the ring with the. Uh, with the bar these guys were so powerful they didn't really understand the business they, they needed so they put him with me so I could help him out oh lucky you okay yeah Oy. so so uh <laughs> I I uh I started I started the match with the warlord and I and I, and I grabbed his fist his arm and, and, and I'm twisting his fist and I said uh Barb I said uh, grab the ropes and uh so, so, so the referee would have to break the count. Right. And he says, "Oh no, Tito, that's chicken." <laughs> and I, you know he didn't want to look weak. Shut up and grab the rope. <laughs> and I said, "I said, barbarian." <laughs> he said, so "There's so the whole thing. <laughs> this big guy with all these muscles yeah. and have to use the yeah. rope." Ow, 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 ow. Yeah, yeah, perfect. And, and, and uh, every time I see him, he laughs about it now. Oh know? my he, lord! He, he learns, you know. But that, that's what we used to do. We used to teach each other. You right. Know? And by that time, I was I was in a position where I could teach young big heels. And getting to by that time, how deep into your career were you felt comfortable finally? Because I'm sure that there had to be a learning curve, and then one day, you know, you must come to grips with, hey, I think I arrived. How deep into your career before you felt like, yeah, I know what I'm doing now? Well, probably, probably by... By the time, by the time that I had the, the my feud with the beginning with with Greg Valentine, right? I had a feud in in in, uh, in the AWA with uh, Vern Gagne. Okay. I, I had my first feud there with the with the Sheik. Okay. It was a different Sheik, uh, and I had a feud with the uh, uh, Greg and, and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. With me and, and Rick Martell as, as babyface teams. Right. Oh, so babyface against babyface. Yeah, babyface. How did that draw? Really good. Wow. I mean, nice. Because uh, the people wanted, the, we got over, me and Rick, we weren't strike for it, but we got over, and they wanted us to see, they wanted to see us beat uh, Greg Gagne and jump in Jim Brunzel. Well, nobody likes tennis legs, but let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> did you, right. like, laugh when you wrestled Gagne, like, what am I doing? <laughs> No, we know, always have fun with this, but... but but one thing about Greg, you know, <laughs> he was a genius in the ring. Was he? The I, I, that was, I believe. The guy had a great. That I believe. The, the guy knew how to work, and 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 he was, he was good. I he mean, was pretty tall. Do you think he should have hit the gas a little bit, maybe? No, I'm well, serious. I mean, believe it or not, I think he did, but he just, you know, he hit the gas. What did he get? Unleaded? <laughs> Tito, I mean, Tito, what are we Tito's talking laugh, about? Tito's, Tito's <laughs> laughing. He's like, "There's not enough gas to fix yeah. those legs." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> ah, I did see him play Beyond Borg. It was an excellent match. You know what? Match. A lot of fans out there, hey. I totally agree with them. Did the WWE or did WCW or anybody during the time said, we need this guy to train our guys? Yeah. Did anyone ever come to you? And how come you're not in NXT right now uh, training? Uh, they, they, uh, they, they did come. As a matter of fact, uh, I think it was... Uh, uh, is it Stone Cold Steve Austin or somebody told me that they were using my matches to train the the the, the young wrestlers okay. that were coming up to see okay. baby faces to watch to see the way I used to sell. Right. They they would right. use my, my matches. Uh, they tried to get me to come back. They tried to get me to be an agent. They tried. To, when I was done, I was done being on the road. You know, I I I had been in the business for 
uh, I guess, 17 years, and, you know, I had a family, and I, I just didn't want to be on the road anymore. I, I had an opportunity to go to a, to the, the to Georgia wrestling. Uh, uh, I, I didn't, I just didn't want to, you know. How did things? Enough was enough for me. I, I, I could believe it. How did things turn out with you and Vince? Like, if you and Vince ran into each other today, would there be a hug or a cordial handshake? I mean, where where did you well, and Vince there, there leave? Would probably, there would probably be a hug. Nice. They brought me in to uh, to to do a, a Saturday night uh, live or something. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember when Alberto, Alberto del Rio came, uh, yeah. came in, and I introduced him in the ring, and, and I was just, you know, I had never seen this, but the guys are going over their matches in the ring. Before, we never used to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And they were going over their matches, and I'm watching, and, and uh, Vince walked up to me, and he says, uh, he says, you and I do the same thing. He says, I teach here, and, and, and now you're a teacher. And I, and I said, yeah, Vince. I said, the only difference between you and I is that I get to go home, you know, <laughs> every day, <laughs> you know, early, you know, early in the day and spend time with my family. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if I said things to Vince that he didn't really, you know, appreciate, you know, the truth, right? You know, right, right. We, we were both teachers, but, you know, mine is a lot different. I, you know, I'm, sure. I'm with my family. I get, I get to go home, and I teach the kids, and I go home. His job is 24 hours a day because, I mean, he had to worry about how the guys were behaving on the road too. Right. Sure. You know. Sure. If uh, you know, if you if say Vince passed and they asked you to please say some things about Vince McMahon, what would Tito Santana tell people about Vince McMahon the mm-hmm. person? Vince McMahon, the, to me, the, he he always treated me good. You know, uh, I would say. Vince is a great businessman. Uh, he has the ability to make you feel like uh, like you're the most important person in the world as long as uh, he puts you in the pedestal to draw him some money because he's the one who decides who's going to be a star. So, you know, as long as you're making him money, he is going to make you feel like you're the most... Like, he used to, I saw him, you know, greet The Rock when I, when I went back in 2004. I saw, I would see the, the way he would treat Hulk, and he would treat me the Whenever he would talk to me, he would make you feel like, so I, I knew, but when, when, my, when my reign was over and, and I knew it was over in New York, uh, it was hard to get a word in with him, but it's not because he was ignoring me, it's because... He was. He moved on to the next group of guys that he was gonna be drawing money with. You know, uh, not that he was ignoring me or anybody else. You know, he was a businessman. You know, he 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 was making his first stringers. You know, feel good. You know, I've never really heard this much about Vince. You're telling me he's a master motivator. He's a master motivator. You never hear this about Vince McMahon, really. That's awesome to me. He's a. He's a. You know, I remember when uh, Vince first took over, and all the old veterans would say, 
his, this guy doesn't have it. And, and right, even I was still pretty green. That was when I first just got mm -hmm. 1983. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, he does have it. You know, I never told that to anybody else because I was a young guy. But uh, I saw that, you know, I saw the whole, the, the picture right away of, you know, how he treated guys and, and, and you know, I thought he was a lot smarter than a lot of people gave him credit, you know. Mm. You know, he started out as, a, as set, setting up the rings and, you know, announcer and... He was a great announcer. Yeah, I mean, quite he, honestly, he learned. It, I thought he was. He learned the whole business yeah. from, from from the bottom. And you know, it's a really good point. Like he doesn't get enough credit for his announcement. He doesn't. He was a, he was a very great announcer. good announcer. I thought I, he was I loved him. I thought he was great. All right, Tito, we're out of time. We're going to get you out of here. We're going to hit you with the Pharaoh's final question again. I want to thank you for joining our show as usual. We consider you a very good friend of the show, and you're a wonderful human being, and uh, you're a prime example of how people like if they have their head on right have this good life for sure right for sure so the pharaoh's final question tito i have no idea what he's going to say but good luck it could be <laughs> ridiculous i have no idea it usually is ridiculous <laughs> i'm going to throw this one out of uh left field because that's where i come from um okay we usually do mount rushmore's okay or at least a lot of the times we'll ask a mount rushmore name me four of the greatest wrestlers in your opinion but considering you were one of the greatest latino wrestlers of all time can you give me the latino professional wrestling version give me the four greatest in your opinion spanish superstars that have graced the ring over the years well uh i when i first got started jose lothario was jose lothario. one of the wrestlers okay. in texas to me who was over with the mexicans big time okay uh I saw Chavo Guerrero, Chavo the father, uh, when I was just starting to train in, in 1977, and and I, I was so impressed. I thought he was he had so much charisma, and I saw him very professional, dressed in the suit, going into the arena. Uh, Mil Mascaras, would, would, there we know, go. To me, was a. I was waiting for Mascaras. Yeah. Okay. I mean, can in, I, can, in my era, it's can, still got one to go, though. Can, I know, but can I just ask you about Mascaris? Did you know him well at all? Uh, I didn't know him. I didn't know him well. Uh, and I remember as a kid going into a Mexican theater in Mission, and he was in some of the movies that I saw him in. And then when I first started wrestling in 1977, he was wrestling in, in uh, San Antonio. And I was driving, and, you know, I, I still was, I was just a referee, you know, I wasn't wrestling yet, and I refereed one of his matches, and he got to ride in my car. I drove him from San Antonio to, to Houston, and I, in, the, in the locker room, uh, I saw him take one mask off to take a shower, and he hit another mask on. <laughs> so I said, this guy doesn't... <laughs> this guy doesn't uh, even show the face in the, in the What is he, shampooed a mask? I mean, his hair must have been crusty as all can Wait a minute, hold on. Wow. you got to give me this picture. So he's taking Was he also eating in his mask, too? Like having Would a sandwich? Would he eat like a sandwich, a big sloppy hero no, no, no. with a mask on? But let me tell you. And, 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 uh, back <laughs> so then, I used to hear that guys that wore a mask were usually guys that were not really good-looking. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then, 
we get in the car. But he was normal looking. And, and we get. Well, let me finish the story. Okay, okay. We get I'm in the jumping car. ahead. Back then, the wrestlers would always go. The first thing we do, we stop and pick up a six pack of beer. Each one of us would okay. get our own six pack of beer and we'd drink. And uh, we went into the bar, into the into the uh, the place to pick up the beer, still wearing the mask. <laughs> and when we finally left town, he took the mask off, and he was sitting in the right up there in front with me. And I looked, and I said, man, this is not a good-looking guy. I said, why in the hell is he wearing a mask, you know, in professional wrestling? Uh, but uh, he would give me some good advice, you know. Uh, and, like, I never realized, and, and I found it out later, that, like, my competition, or I was Chavo's competition, I was Mil Moscada's competition, I was mm. Lutherio's competition. Mm. And after a little while, those guys started treating me a little different, mm. you know. Right. So then they realized this kid here He's is going to be the one that's because you know. Right. There was a top Latino, right? You know, and, and I think at one point I was the top Latino. Oh, you were in, in the business. You are correct. You are correct. Yeah. You, you succeeded Mascaris, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Listen, I missed something. I, I would say without a doubt. I mean. If I was just to choose, I would say probably you and Rey Mysterio Jr. and Eddie Guerrero would be That's the top right off the bat. Greatest. And you can put Mill right there, and, too. Well, to I, be I fair, mean, I, would, I always felt like you were the younger replacement for the great Pedro Morales. Interesting. And you That's carried true too. that torch oh, for a Lord. very long time. For sure. Again, it's funny how life yep. is weird, right? I was a Morocco fan. I think we spoke about this. When you beat right. him, I was really upset, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm talking to you, and then I – Morocco is one of the great talkers of all time. Yeah. And now you've been on a show a few times. You you are entertaining. I could listen to you all day. But on the other hand, Morocco has his own podcast. I'm like, man, this guy, he's got a personality of a wet rop, wet mop. <laughs> but I think he's I told you guys uh, uh, in 2004 when I got inducted into the Hall of Fame and mm. Eddie Guerrero came up to me and mm. thanked me for – Opening the door for the for the Latinos in, in, in New York, you know, that, to me that made me feel there you go. really really good. There you go. Do you, are you putting yourself as the fourth on the on the uh, Mount Rushmore for uh, Latino? Yes, yes I have, there I we have, go. Without a doubt, that that rounds it out. So very nice. The life of you, great wrestler, great football player, teaching today's youth and growing this country, and. You're responsible for some of the greatest wrestlers because of you and your talent. And his style. You should be pretty proud of yourself, sure. my friend, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one last question, and then we'll just call it a day. Okay. Kansas City Chiefs, were you on the same squad as the great Butch Reed? No, he came a year after I did. Yeah. Who was quarterback for the Chiefs back then? I'm trying to get a time frame here. Uh, well, Lenny Dawson was still there. Len Dawson. Woo! Yeah. Damn. He had a ring and everything. Yeah. There you go. He was very nice to me, you know, uh, Lenny Dawson. I, I was a free agent. Like I said, I, I wasn't a, a big superstar. Uh, before I went to – when I got there to camp, I, I had injured my ankle, and I didn't tell anybody. I ran a real slow 40. Uh, I ran like a 5-1, and I, I could run a 4-8 once in a while, hit 4-7. And when I got cut, the head coach told me that I was r very slow, but it was too late, you know. Right. I, I never right. said, can you please type, uh, uh, time my 40 again? 
but I knew I could play. And then I went to uh, Canada and played for the BC Lions. And after the, the following year, they wanted me to come back to Kansas City and, and do it again. And I said, no, I, I, I was the only tight end with the, with the BC Lions. So I said, no, I'm going to stay here. But by that time, I was thinking of wrestling already. So, And glad you did. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you changed the well, wrestling was that the world right choice? and think of yeah. all the millions of fans because of you. Anyway, I want to thank the great Tito Santana. Absolutely. want to announce some thank upcoming you, shows. Next Thursday, we have Mr. Abdul the Butcher making his return. Well, wait, wait. Here in, in the show? No, he'll be doing, he'll be doing a... Uh, so we're safe. Mix, He's gonna yeah. do, okay, we're safe. Okay, good. you got to keep your hands and feet away from his mouth, that fork of his. Go ahead. And then so we have a regular show Thursday, and then on May 6th we have a marathon. Tell me about some of these guys as I go off. Just give me your opinion on them. Tommy Rich, he'll be in studio. Wildfire. Wildfire. <laughs> he was my roommate. Tommy Rich was your roommate? How long did that last? He was my roommate. Uh, there was a year that I don't remember too much about. <laughs> did you, you know, not, not, to, not, to be, not, to be, not to be dirty, but That's we found wildfire. out when Missy Hyatt was here that that was her first blowjob was Tommy Rich. Oh, no, I, I don't know. Now that you've learned that, Tito, what are you going to do with that just information? Sharing, just like, sharing, just sharing. Missy bra- was bragging, I guess. <laughs> yes, she was bragging. Yes, she, she was. <laughs> Coco, beware. Uh, spark plug. Nice. The Conquistadors. Oh. Uh, Jose Luis Rivera and Jose Estrada. I love Jose Estrada. Uh, very, very underrated, underused. Nice. A lot of talent that was, was overlooked. And besides you... One of my all-time favorites will be in studio. Oh, here we go. Jesse the Body Ventura. There's a man who could get the most out of nothing. I, I, I was playing a video to somebody that uh, I saw on Facebook that he was talking to a uh, uh, one-man gang and, and uh, the, another guy doing the, the interview. And he says, Tito and I were wrestling in Denver, Colorado, and 10 minutes had gone uh had gone by and we hadn't touched each other and the people were ready to come in and kill him. You know, he would get the most out of nothing, he said. And, and then he, I think he was trying to talk to mankind. He says, why beat you body up if you don't have to, if you can get the people, you know, so right. hot and bothered right. just by what you do in the ring. And, 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 and he was a master. You know, he could get the most uh, out of nothing. They could wrestle a broom and, and, and get the people to come in and want to kill on, him. On Leave that personal, broom alone. On a personal basis, I love Jesse Ventura, the wrestler, and I really did love Adrian Adonis and Jesse. Even though we were from here, I would read about the East-West connection. Yeah. And yeah. did you get a chance to wrestle them when you were in the AWA by any chance? Uh, I believe uh, me and Bruno San Martino wrestled uh, Adrian and, and Jesse here in, in uh, Long Island. What? What? At the Comac Arena? Yes. What the fuck? Where the fuck were we? Tito, I wish I would have known. Was that when we discovered booze and girls? Oh, my God. How the heck did we miss this? I want to go back in time What? Right now. What year was this, please? Oh, no, no it's no got to be 83, right? 83, 84 or something, I think. Really? Right Absolutely. Wow. How dare us miss that match? Anyway, Tito, oh. got to tell you again, you mean the world to us. You're a great man, 
And I thank you again for supporting the show, and I thank you for Thanks, coming man. on. Thank you. Uh, I want to thank the fans who loyally join us every Thursday, yeah. and uh, we've got some really great shows ahead. Yeah. I hope Mr. Santana entertained you and answered some of the questions you were looking for. He is always very entertaining, unlike Don Morocco. <laughs> anyway, with that. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. With that, this is Mike Monty. <laughs> this is a very, very... Not bored, Pharaoh. And until next time, thank you, Tito. We love you. Thank you. Later, everybody.